Welcome to Conversations with Conscious Enterprises, where we're exploring the evolution of consciousness through business. I'm Roxana Rafaja, and I hope this conversation gives you a glimpse into the mind of a successful venture capitalist and entrepreneur. Kimmy Scotty is so engaging and effervescent, I'm sure you'll easily see how she's become such an accomplished businesswoman. Aside from being a partner at 8VC, her venture capitalist firm, she was one of the first investors in Sakara Life. She is also a co-founder of a women's health and wellness company with her sister called Monthly Gift. Kimmy co-founded a direct-to-consumer healthcare company that has helped millions of Americans afford their prescription medications. And she even started a fashion jewelry line that was sold in Bloomingdale's while she was in college. In this conversation with Kimmy, you'll learn what this venture capitalist looks for in the startups and entrepreneurs that she invests in. We discuss Kimmy's customizable feminine care business, the healthcare industry, being a woman in the male-dominated finance world. We talk about using meditation to enhance gut instinct, and we also discuss Kimmy's super unique mindfulness practice. If you're not already following Conscious Enterprises on social media, now would be a great time to start as we just announced our first annual Conscious Enterprises Month of Meditation, hashtag CEMOME. We'll be announcing discounts, events, and a chance to win a bundle of mindfulness services and experiences. So please share this conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. And you can follow Conscious Enterprises on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can find all the useful links and resources from this conversation at www.conscious.enterprises. Well, thank you so much for having me over. This place is so stunning, and you look gorgeous. And you guys are yeah. I feel like this is like a good color. I know. Also, I really like your shoe for my outfit. Oh my god! Yes, you might have to stop. Do shoes? I actually did that one time. One time, I was in the bathroom. You know, I was out with my friends, partying, and I was in a bathroom, and a girl was like, lost it over my shoes. She was just like, love them so much. Oh my god! I was like, what shoe size you wear? She's and she was the same size, and so I gave her my shoes. Stop! And that's she, the nicest thing ever. Yeah, but I, I was like, I just like delighted in this idea that like someone would be literally walking a mile in my shoes for like the rest of time. I'm like, oh, this girl's gonna always remember that time. She some girl is. Gave her, like, and they were like nude patent Louboutins. Oh my god! I know, and she and also to be fair, like it was a shoe that I didn't wear that often. I was just like, you know what? I'm this girl loves these shoes and she's like I will never have a pair of shoes like that you know and I was just like you will right now because I don't even wear these ones that that often is what I was thinking but also how fun would it be that this girl's like walking around in my shoes all the time and I'm a big believer in karma and like energy coming back to you and I'm sure you got some great shoes or something after that I have so much so much good karma I feel like the luckiest person in the whole world all the time it's really funny and congrats on your engagement amazing you got a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now awesome Well, to introduce you a little bit to everyone, um, I know you're a partner at ABC, which is a venture capitalist firm. Um, You were or you are an investor in Saqqara Life, which is a um, wellness and plant-based food company. Um, You're a founder of Monthly Gift, which is a women's health and wellness company. Um, You know, your resume goes on and on and on. Um, You're clearly a serial entrepreneur, but I want to start with 
you know, where did you grow up? Yeah. How did you grow up? And what kind of fostered this um, entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Queens, so I'm from okay. New York. Um, I have uh, four, there's four of us. My a sister, who's my business partner, Monthly Gift. Okay. And then we have two brothers. Um, we're all about the same age. We're, um, between the sort of longest distance between any two kids is two years. Oh, so wow. We're, okay. So you're very right close. Right now we're um, 31, 32, 32, 33. Okay. No. We're 32, 33, 33, 34. Okay. So in, in a week. We all wow. shift. Yeah. So we, so my sister and I's birthdays are in the beginning of May. My brothers are in oh, no way. Uh, the end of May, beginning of June. Okay. So we're, I'm like, we just changed. I'm like, that was last month's ages <laughs> this month we just, you know, they must be it. like a fun month for you guys it's really yeah. fun we always do like uh, birthday dinner together and stuff it's really fun cool. um but i always insist on having my own birthday party also which they always think is really funny my sister's like why do you need to do this every year and i'm like i love my birthday it's the best i'm the same way yeah i'm I a totally celebrator yeah don't feel bad about it just go yeah. with it yeah yeah and so you know growing up really close together um my parents both worked really hard when we were growing up and so we did a lot of entertaining ourselves um, and we, you know, for me, that meant always doing a lot of projects. You know, my mom would, you know, will remark now, you know, that my brothers and sister would like go outside to play and then I would like come back in and like set up a craft or something for mm-hmm. us. Like, you know, always those little, I don't know if you ever play with those like beads, you like iron into magnets yes. and things like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, you were always like doing a craft and like setting up like a project to do and so I think you know I had the that kind of bug of like making things um really early and so a lot of times when people describe me they'll be like oh you're an entrepreneur you're an investor and the way that I really think of myself is as a maker okay and so I think you know and and that means so many different things and so I think sometimes I make um you know sometimes I make jewelry and clothes and you make my own stuff you know sometimes I make um uh I, I cook, you know, I make, sometimes I make meatballs and sometimes <laughs> I make investments and yeah. sometimes I make big mistakes. <laughs> so, you know, I just think maker is kind of how I like wrap it all up in one like neat little bow. That's great. Yeah. I love that. But I started, you know, I, um, I started my first company really young. I was only 15. And so, you know, I've sort of always had that entrepreneurial bug and spirit, I think, yeah. if, you know, if we were kind of like look back. What was this fifteen-year-old company that you started? I had a jewelry line. Oh, how yeah! Cool. And it was um, it was called Mims, which is um, my my nickname for my family uh, for me. Really cute. Yeah, it was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, I mean, your businesses have spanned so many different industries. Um, you've been in fashion, to tech, to healthcare, and now wellness. Um, is there like a preference, or did these kind of represent different interests at different points in your life? Yeah, both. I think actually. So I. Um, I would say the way that I kind of moved from one industry to the other looks really strange because it's like, oh, fashion and then media, you know, healthcare, wellness, all these different areas. But it was really, I was following um, sort of consumer data, you know, went from one company, I would see an interest in something and shift into another. You know, I made the switch from uh, being in jewelry to wanting to go into tech because I really hated dealing with buyers and I was like oh there's got to be a way to talk directly to customers and get that information about what they really want right from them right not just from this buyer who doesn't really know a lot about her customer okay and so you know I I was sort of following a need around Mm -hmm. um and made the move um into healthcare following you know um, also, you know, also um, data that we were seeing in one company that people were sort of looking for this and, and moved into another. And so really, follow, you know, sort of following that. But my interests also change. You know, I, you know, my first company was something that I could really, at 15, 
really understand. I knew yeah. how to like buy materials. I was creative and, and wanted to make something from those materials and I could easily do the math. I could add up, these are the costs of all these things. If you just double it and sell it, you make profit. Wow. That was really easy to understand as a 15 year old. My needs, you know, changed. I'm 33 now. The problems I want to solve are much, much larger. And yeah. so I, you know, I just think, um, not that I don't want to play with jewelry all the time because I really do, <laughs> um, but the, you know, the types of problems I look for and the types of entrepreneurs I want to work with are just solving bigger and bigger problems. And so now yeah. I really look for those people who are solving the biggest possible problem. Interesting. What are some of those problems that you're? It's a lot of healthcare for me right now. I really cool. love the overlap between healthcare and consumer, and so I invest a lot in that space. Interesting. And actually, fun fact: you mentioned Sakara yeah. earlier. So Sakara yeah. is actually a personal investment I made way before we even started the fund. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and they were my first investment ever, so I like to say Sakara really turned me into an investor. Oh, no yeah. way. And they're dear, Danielle and Whitney are dear friends. Um, what a great point, brand to invest in. Yeah, it was so great. You know, yeah. they're they're really, like, such incredible entrepreneurs, and the yeah. girls have, like, just, you know, despite, I think, what uh, people believe when they look at them, they're, mm. like, so beautiful, and, you know, they're so great. Um, they're so gritty, you know, they really dig in and roll up their sleeves and know, like they know every area of their business and like they really taught me um, about what I should be looking for in founders, you know, they're my first ever investment. So that kind of shows you now that you're doing venture capitalists, those qualities that you look for in other leaders, huh? Exactly. Interesting. That's very cool. Um, Let's talk a little bit about monthly gift. I thought this was such a, an original idea. Um, can you explain first, I guess, what exactly it is yeah. and kind of what your intention and inspiration behind it was? Yeah. So monthly gift is a subscription service feminine care company mm-hmm. that I started with my sister, and it's tampons, pads, and liners okay. delivered in one box, fully customizable, to your home for ten bucks a month. Okay. Um, we. We deliver up to 36 products in a box, so it's a real value. Um, It's a lot less expensive than if you were to try to um, buy 36 products in a you know in a supermarket or a drugstore. If you were to try to cobble together like small boxes of 18 to you know um, to get all the different kinds of products you needed, um, it would it would come to like 22 or 23 dollars. And with monthly gift, you get everything you need one box just for you, 10 bucks. Is it the same products every month, or is it different? You can change it based on your needs. So something that we found with working with women across the country. Um, and hearing about their needs and them using our app is that their needs change. Their product, you know, sometimes they, um, you know, sometimes their flow changes. They go before a baby and after a baby, your flow really changes. Oh. Um, your diet changes and your, you know, your period changes. All these things happen right. um, that, that adjust your cycle and you might want different products for that. Or in the summer, you might swim a lot until you use tampons and then when it moves back into fall, you, you're more comfortable in a pad. And yeah. so, you know, people really do change their subscription all the time. Um, and then at the end of last year, we actually acquired a company called Dear Kate. Okay. Um, Dear Kate's a period-proof underwear. Oh. Um, and so, actually, it's an incredible technology, and the styles are so I cute. I think I've seen this. I've seen, yeah. like, an ad on, like, Instagram or oh, something. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. And so, it's a really great product. Um, and so, now, I've actually become, like, a Dear Kate evangelist. I've been using yeah. the product. Um, you know, we like to say that um, these things are designed for your period with built for every day, so you can just really wear them all right. the time. And they're, like, cute enough and very comfortable that, that they don't look like period underwear or feel like anything different yeah. than the regular underwear. So, how does this work? I mean, yeah. this might be TMI for some no, people, no, no. but, like... Like, like, do you wash it afterwards? Like, how does it work? So, actually, what's interesting about Dear Kate versus Mm -hmm. other period underwear that you might see is that there's no plastic film, so you can you can actually throw it in the washing machine. It doesn't have to be hand washed and hang dried. 
Okay. Um, it lasts infinite washes. It's a nanotechnology, so it, like never it never fails. Interesting. The seams will bust before the technology washes out. Wow. Um, and what's how it actually works is there's multi layers of fabric, super breathable. You can blow a candle out through it, or mm. you, you know. Um, so, so it's comfortable to sit in all day huh. um, because, it, because it doesn't have any plastic. Yeah. Um, and actually how it works is it separates the protein in your blood uh-huh. from the fluid. Okay. It actually allows for the fluid to separate and evaporate Whoa. out. And it just catches the protein, basically. And, yeah. so, and that dries. Okay. And so when you take them off, you might see little flakes um, in the fabric but they wash out in the washing machine and the the interior of them are black so it's not like you it's not gross or, right. or anything but and you okay. feel dry all day and it doesn't leak or anything you're not worried about wearing like white pants no i have worn like them okay. with white jeans on really? a 10 hour flight the first time i wore them i was like if we're going to buy this company i was like <laughs> yeah oh no i know i'm like if we're going to buy this company i gave my sister anxiety too cuz i was i said to her so if we're going to buy this company i'm going to wear them with white jeans on a plane yeah, i've got to be really able to trust, trust them this yeah. much and she was like you're out of your mind <laughs> but i think it'll work and i was like okay so i literally got on the plane wow. on my heaviest day with my white jeans on and oh I was God. just like praying. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm close to God here. I can ask him to <laughs> just make sure or her. I could just ask him or her to make sure that I don't bleed through my <laughs> white pants so I can just go right to my meeting. And I did. I was like, this is great. Wow, that's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, so fascinating. Fun. And yeah. then do you need like seven different pairs? Or like you don't. You just do throw them in the washing machine. Oh, okay. If you want, they'd work again the next day. Okay. Um, you know, they're affordable enough that most women buy a lot of pairs. Um, and a lot of women wear them every day, especially if your periods are regular. Okay. You know, it's like, around the time that you're supposed to get your period just start wearing your capes oh and then, that's a really good yeah. point actually yeah and for young instead women instead of just waiting and yeah. like not knowing yeah. yeah and for young women it's great too you know women who are you know, girls when they're just right. getting their first period um they're very irregular and their period can be erratic and so right. it's great to wear every single day because you're protected yeah. all the time fascinating um and what was your personal inspiration or intention with monthly gifts on yeah. starting this company so as you can see i'm pretty ocd everything is gorgeous <laughs> very organized like yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like all the time <laughs> like, this is the messiest it gets actually oh my god you're so just crazy I'm like, i'd be terrified to have you in my apartment no i'm i'm, I'm like also non-judgmental i'm just like i have to have everything neat for my own brain like i yeah. just have to yeah and so i um i found that everything in my life was organized and i had an app for everything and yeah. i was you know had everything sort of down to a t and I found that my period was still a surprise every month. And mm. I really hated that. I found that I was still rushing to a drugstore to get a tampon and I really hated that. And I thought, this isn't really a product that should really operate like a service. Right. And that's why we started Monthly Gift. And you know, I said to my sister, Lisa Marie, who's our CEO, I said, Lisa Marie, you know, this is how this is what's happening to me all the time. And I really want to start this tampon company. I kept calling it a tampon company. And she's like, what about pets? And I'm like, pads I'm like who uses pads right and she's like I use pads and I've like never thought my sister was so much of an alien as in that moment <laughs> you know it's been a little while since we lived in the same house right and she you know her needs changed she changed her mind from using tampons when we were like in high school and yeah. college she really was like no I'm really comfortable in a pad mom huh. uses them you know so she you know so she sort of saw that usage and I was like wow okay so we really have to do this and we found that half of women primarily use pads. I'm shocked by that. Me too. And huh. I thought it had to be, I was like, oh, it's an age bracket thing. Yeah, Young women use tampons, yeah. older women use pads. It's actually not true. It breaks out completely across That's all crazy age brackets. Wow. I know, it's really amazing. And huh. so um, it was really because of her that we innovated into this customizable box where you could get tampons, pads, and liners. Very cool. Yeah. Love that. 
Um, I'm going to have to try it myself. Yeah, you have to try it. <laughs> um, so I saw on your website that for every box purchased, you donate a day's worth of products to a girl in need. Mm-hmm. Um, so companies don't need to do things like yeah. this, but it's always so amazing to like hear you know yeah. these little bonus things that you do. Um, you would obviously profit, you know, if More, you didn't yeah. you know, if you didn't make these kind of donations. What was the thought process behind this mm-hmm. plan? Well, we really. For Lisa Marie and I, we were like, how do we leverage this business to be able to give back? And we kept saying this thing that our product was for all women, right? We were like, mm-hmm. oh, this is an, it's price accessible and it's for all women. You know, it's a it's fully customizable, so it's for all women. And we really wanted to make that true. Right. And um, we were horrified by a lot of the information we were getting from other um, countries where there's like girls who miss a whole week of school and they start to fall behind in their education because they have their period and all these different um, stories which I'm sure you've heard in, in yeah. media um, and we, we wanted to be able to help not just he, not just a, sort of abroad but also in our own backyard we found that there's like young girls in Manhattan that don't have access to product and oh, so we wow. were like okay how do we affect this and so we actually we give here we give abroad you know we really try to mix it up and um, be able to serve this community you know across the world so when you started the company that this was a part yep. of your underlying business was, plan yeah that's amazing yep. I love that from the get-go was it challenging at, at all at times to yeah, keep the, that as part of the plan yeah it's it's challenging to keep that as part of the plan and also keep your price low right you know for us we really we didn't want to be sort of a product for the coastal elite we wanted to be a product that worked for all women everywhere that you know were that you know are checking the price between a few dollars you know here and there being yeah. you know being a difference and be able to serve that woman all over the place not just like be a product for um, you know girls in New York and girls in San Francisco or LA or something and we wanted right. to be able to you know be all over the place very cool and this partnership is through a, an organization called days for uh, days for girls mm-hmm. is that right yeah so how did you choose them how did you select um, which there's, organization to work yeah. with there's a you know we looked at a number of charities but we really what we appreciated about days for girls is that they had a local component as well they weren't just giving abroad they had a they had a way for us to play in our own backyard okay and so that's why we ended up working with them great mm-hmm. I love it um, do you think all businesses should adopt a form of reciprocity in this way? And why do you think that's important? So my overarching feeling about businesses is that they should all be solving a big problem. That that big problem is charitable isn't always going to be the case. Right. Um, you know, I think that the best way you could really change something is to create um, a business that's you know makes profit out of it versus mm-hmm. um, just otherwise we would just all create charities right right um, and so I think to align incentives properly I think this is the best way um, I don't think every business can fit within their model of buy one give one I don't think it's right for everybody but mm-hmm. I do think that all you know entrepreneurs are amazing problem solvers I think we should be focused on big problems and if we right. can find a way to fit in a charitable component to your business amazing that's a I great th- way to look at it mm-hmm. yeah I love that um, switching gears here a little bit. Um, so at 8VC, um, you're, you're obviously constantly scouting for like the hottest startups yeah. um, as a venture capitalist. Uh, what kind of companies and or people are you most attracted to and what kind of qualities do you seek in someone when you're making an investment? Yeah, I think um, what the qualities of the company changes from um, stage to stage. You know, when we're looking at the earliest stage entrepreneurs, you're really looking at the at the founder and the founding team. Um, and so in, in them, you know, you're looking for uh, an ability to uh, create unfair advantages 
uh, for themselves um, and ability to draw in team when you, when it's not likely that you should be able to hire um, you know great talent because you don't possibly have the budget mm-hmm. um, but you can draw that talent in because you're about your problem in your business and you're and you're such a magnet that they want to come work with you cool. so we're really looking for that later stage it's more metric driven you're looking for um, you know certain signals in numbers um, to be able to decide it's going to be a good investment you can underwrite that investment um, but across the board I'm always looking for um, for for those particular qualities that kind of grit you know we talked about about Whitney and Danielle um, I look for that across all of our founders like are they uh, are they in an ivory tower where they're kind of like delegating everything and right. delegation is important but you want them to feel be close to their business and in the details and really know um, you know their business better than everybody else not scared to get your hands dirty exactly sort of really thing. roll up your sleeves and dig in yeah I agree <clears throat> um, so we talked about you being an investor in Sakara Life, um, which is a pl- the plant-based meal delivery mm-hmm. service. Um, it makes eating clean easy, which yeah. is great, and has a cult following. Um, so you're clearly into health and wellness. Yeah. Like, what's your diet like? Yeah, um, you know, my diet is, um, pre- you know, it's. I think people would describe it as limited, but I don't find it limiting. Um, I'm pretty plant-based, um, so pretty in line with the way Sakara um, sort of feeds you. Um, I really, um, I try to eat tons of greens and um, be really healthy. I find my brain operates best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm vegetarian, I'm gluten-free. Um, and, you know, I definitely have my, um, you know, little guilty pleasures. Ice cream is a big one for yeah. me. I'm like, I was. I had Morgan Stern's last night, which is so good. You had which one? Morgan Stern's ice cream. Morgan oh, Stern's? On the Lower East Side, it's so good. Oh my God. Um, so we had Morgan Stern's last night. But it's, you know, that's my, yeah. those are my treats. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, probably am the best source of information on where to find gluten-free pasta and toast Ooh. everywhere because I'm gluten-free, but I'm Italian. And so I really love... I could um, use a list for me. Oh, yeah. I'll give you one, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I definitely am, like seeking my things, but I'm yeah. like pretty, it's, it's funny, I'm pretty habit-oriented also. Okay. Um, and so I basically like, my breakfast is the same nearly every single day really? I'm like scrambled egg with avocado and tomato on the side yeah raw both raw okay and um people are like always laugh at me when they have breakfast with me because they're like you literally eat this every day <laughs> even at brunch I still want that you order it at brunch yeah I too. order it everywhere That's yeah hilarious. I order it everywhere it's my first thing I want to eat every day yeah and it's be- you know it's such a like a solid source of protein and you know yeah. all these things and I really just you know I, I love it and I'm like I don't know why we have to change it it's perfect <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're covering yeah, your bases there exactly yeah. and so my but my fiance loves new restaurants and new things and mm. so he's like He's like, should I just call the restaurant and find out if they have scrambled eggs with avocado and tomato before we go? All the time? I'm like, no, that's okay. But yes. <laughs> it's not a tough ask. I yeah. feel like they'll yeah. do that for you. Some, some chefs like will literally not do it. They're really? like, we are not short order cooks. Like, oh my we God. have a menu. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. Yeah, we yeah. don't serve raw tomato in our restaurant. It's really funny how fussy, especially in New York, we yeah, know, New York. You know, restaurants get. But um, yeah, I'm like, so my, my diet's like pretty... Um, you know, pretty strict, but I, um, it may, it helps me feel like I'm operating best and like, yeah. you know, it keeps me from like green brain and you know, all that, which, you know, I found is really rings true for me. I'm like, Oh, I'm yeah. exhausted. If I find that ate gluten by accident Same. really kills my, um, energy. Yeah. And so I try to, um, you know, I try to keep it pretty clean. Um, but I'm a coffee fiend and a matcha oh, monster. Okay. You know, I really love, love a matcha latte. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like always seeking those things throughout the day. Cool. Yeah. We're, we're kind of similar. Do you do fish? I do some seafood. I, yeah. So I, I brought seafood back a little while yeah. ago, like 
two years, three years ago. Yeah. I've been basically a vegetarian since I was like nine or ten. Oh wow, that's yeah, a long my time. Whole, so my basically yeah. my whole life. Yeah. What was what made you make that switch at nine, I nine just years old? Didn't like the way it made me feel. Like so oh. it was you know, I'd eat something and then I'd be like, I don't know, like I don't really I don't love the way that this yeah. um, is like operating in my body. You were very in tune, I guess. Yeah, and so I just decided not to eat it, but try to tell your like Sicilian parents that you're not gonna I eat know. a meatball anymore. You're like, sure. I'm not eating meat. They're like, you will eat whatever we put in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it was a it was like a bit of a um you know, scandal. <laughs> that must have been hard. Yeah. yeah. With, especially, you know, my poor parents they have like four mouths to feed they're you know of ki- you know kids anyway and they're dealing you know with now they've got like one with like massive dietary so I'm like I'm not eating this anymore no thank you <laughs> so we made a deal I had to I could eat only the vegetables but I was yeah. eating whatever vegetables were prepared like oh, not, okay. no one was gonna like make yeah. me a specific you know meal yeah. later on my dad like warmed up to it and started you know I was eating fish at this point and so he okay. would like make me my own little salmon or something like that oh, he's like okay. really so good to me. <laughs> At least you got your veggies out. Yeah, of it. I got my vegetables. Yeah, yeah. you like your veggies as a kid. That's yeah. hard enough. Um, do you work out? What's your like? Yeah. Do you yoga? What's that kind of regimen like? Yeah, um, I'm like in only in the last few years have I become like really um, focused on exercise. Also, okay. and I lately I'm really into Pilates. I just started mm. Pilates um, a couple months ago. And I'm obsessed with it. It's like with the so reformer, good. with the reformer. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's good. It's so amazing. Um, and then I also do Bari oh, okay. um, on Leonard Street in Tribeca. Yeah, um, it's so fun. It's on a trampoline. I'm really addicted to that. <gasps> oh, I've done trampoline. that class. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's great. Hard. It's so hard. It's so yeah, I'm going hard. tomorrow morning. I went this morning. Going tomorrow morning. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I'm on a little kick right now. I feel like it's like bragging rights. I've, I did nine workouts in eight days. Wow. And I feel like whoa. I'm like so Seriously, happy right now. Yeah, it's so fun and so. And anyway, just like really, but you know, focus. It's you know, we're pre-summer, right? Like body ready. Oh yeah, you'll be there, or yeah. you have an extra scoop of ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I had a more concerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been excited because I know you're you're so into healthcare to talk to you a little bit about that. Because um, I recently interviewed Dr. Robin Burzin, Who who's love. the founder of. Oh yeah, yeah. she's the best. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, she's the founder of Parsley Health. Yeah. Um, I also did an interview recently with um, Jeff Bernhardt, who's the former president of Aetna, yeah. which is you know one of the yeah. largest health, health insurance Major companies. Insurance. Yeah. Um, and it seems just kind of like anyone in the industry or outside of it is under the same consensus that you know our healthcare system just doesn't really work. Yeah. You know, um, and the standard model is just broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are your thoughts on you know? Do you think? businesses and corporations need to do their part in empowering their employees towards a healthy well-being and, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. Um, Do you think it's their responsibility for, you know, as business leaders to provide incentives for their employees' well-being? What do you think about that? So it's a tough question because I think that, you know, the only the only real way to be healthy and and get healthy is for you to really want it and i think any like no real level of incentivizing you being healthy and caring about your own well-being um you know will really motivate you as much as if you really want it right um and so we see these programs all the time um where you know they'll they're like oh we'll pay for this if you do these things you know there's like some really fun programs like that which i think is great It's, it's aiming in the right direction but you know most you know most people who are at least like you know um work in a corporate you know kind of environment have great health care um that's provided for them or offered to them and they you know they pay some part of that 
Um, and I think just pra- you know practicing prophylactic medicine I think is really important. Go- making sure you go to the doctor and get those checkups and stuff. You hear horror stories all the time about people finding things late mm-hmm. um, that they really should have found early because they didn't just go get a skin check every right. year or just go to the you know just go get their checkup every year or something. And I try to really be um, like methodical about that. Um, I do think our healthcare system is broken right now, and there's a lot of people left behind. I think that's you know really the problem. Um, but the tip of the spear in um, fixing healthcare, I really do think, is uh, fixing uh, prescriptions. Um, mm. Prescription medications are so uh, they're so large as a percentage of. Um, what we spend and what where profit lies in care. And uh, one of our amazing investments, Blink Health, um, is really focused on changing the way we pay for prescriptions. And so I'd encourage anybody to look at that. Okay. Um, but I think also there's um, there's a lot of new technology companies focused on how to change our healthcare system. Um, we you know we have a number of them. We're we're super excited about it. Um, but I don't think there's like one company I can point to and say like you know, oh, this is the way healthcare should yeah. look, or this is the way companies should incentivize their employees. Um, I think um, this is going to be a big collective effort. It's a big, big problem. Uh, are you seeing any sort of like focus in these sort of tech companies that are that you're meeting with or, you know, exploring? Mm-hmm. Um, is there like a focus, like an underlying kind of common mm-hmm. denominator that they're all going towards? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the where I see a lot of tech entrepreneurs focused is on an area um, that I call convenience Mm -hmm. Um, and I think focusing on convenience is focusing on the wrong problem Um, we really should be focusing on the cost of care not bringing care home and making it more expensive Mm. Um, and so I really look for those um, those people who are focused on cost versus convenience that's interesting Mm -hmm. Um, great Um, in your experience working with these startups um, and beginning your own as well um what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing in general just like in culture you know work culture work-life balance wellness social impact things like that yeah um i do you know it's it's interesting all entrepreneurs are like they're all everyone's different obviously and so but i do see a trend in focusing on their own health and wellness like body hacking and you know things like that yeah. which i think is i think is nice i think people i think entrepreneurs because they're all problem solvers also focus on themselves a bit and um i'm really happy to see them taking care of themselves in that way honestly sometimes it's to a level that's like probably unhealthy actually yeah. but you're know, trying to optimize beyond reason um <clears throat> but i do think um i do think it's really nice when i you know when i was earlier on in my career in building companies i don't think i focus on my wellness as much um, and you know, I didn't sleep at all, and I didn't eat enough, and you know, I was like, you know, falling asleep at my desk all the time um, instead of in my own, you know, home in my bed and right. on my laptop or my phone until, you know, until I finally fell asleep. Um, and I find with um, a lot of the entrepreneurs we work with now, sure, they are definitely pedal to the metal, yeah. um, but they, I think, I'm seeing a trend in that they practice self care in a way that I didn't see earlier in right. my career. Okay, cool. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. That's great. I love that everyone's riding that wave to yeah. wellness. Um, what have been some of your biggest challenges that you've encountered um, while building your own businesses? Oh, my God. Every challenge. <laughs> I'm trying to tell male investors about tampons. was a whole own thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could not great. even Yeah, imagine. they were like, la, 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 la. We don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> Stop saying tampons to us. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, and so my sister and I definitely experienced that. Um, I, you know, I've experienced challenges, you know, 
across my career around being um, a, being a woman, you know, has right. been challenging in a lot of um, in, a lot of times in my career. Because um, you're in a very male, very male dominated world. world. Yeah. Um, I'm so lucky that today I have partners um, who are male but who super respect me and lift me up um, right. in a way uh, that's you that's unique to this time in my life. I didn't have that always. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, um, you know, I really am, you know, careful now about who, you know, who I work with and, um, you know, how they, you know, treat me um, being, you know, being really positive and, um, and not uh, discriminatory. Um, I think I've, you know, I've, a lot of the challenges on, um, on my career have been around my own expectations of myself. You know, I'm like super... Um, ambitious and focused and you know sometimes that can be like being your own boss um can be exhausting (laughs) if your boss is you yeah Yeah, if your boss was me and so you know you have to really like make sure that you're that you are you know practicing self-care and and all that um you know there my travel schedule is insane I'm like basically travel 6,000 miles a week yeah you're bi-coastal right and so I go to San Francisco for the beginning of every week that can be really challenging um and you know earlier in my especially earlier in my career I definitely um being that kind of hyper focused on a goal um you know made me unaware of how that was affecting my relationships around me. I didn't, I didn't always make time for what was really important because it seems like the thing you're working on is really important and that people will always be there and you'll always have time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that sometimes destroyed relationships or, or made them um, really tense at times. And I think now I'm better um, at really, you know, at, at making time for what is actually important and focusing on what's right in front of me at the time it, at the time it's there versus like if you and I were sitting at dinner and it was five years ago I would have been on my cell phone Blackberry at the time the entire time like yeah. oh just hold on just one more email one more second did it you know and like half paying attention to you right um and I like now I kind of put my phone away you know I um I never pull it out at a dinner table um, unless uh, I like a f- sort of give fair warning that right. I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for one thing. I'm going to check my phone one time. Right. Um, and or I'll excuse myself to a bathroom or something like that. But I don't sit with my phone out all the time now. Right. Um, and I try to really focus on what I'm doing when I'm doing it. So if I'm like hanging out with my sister, I try to focus on that. If I'm, you know, spending time with my fiance, I try to focus on that. When I'm on vacation, I try to be you know there reachable yeah. always to my entrepreneurs and my team um but within you know within reason though you know right. i don't need to you know be answering email at 4 a.m you know at this stage right mm-hmm. so you're practicing presence trying yeah. exactly trying to be very present it's yeah. really hard for entrepreneurs it's really hard like. in general yeah <laughs> really hard I think it's hard yeah. for people you yeah know? and so but i'm like i'm really enjoying my life and i really enjoy what i do and so i want to be like focused on it when while i'm doing it right mm-hmm. great um, what do you think makes business leaders successful? It's, it's an interesting way to ask the question also yeah. because I think that people who are successful um, are also like they're like slightly never content. They're like focused on whatever that next thing is. And so I think um, – always you know always feeling always like searching for that thing that's like out of place or can be improved um i think um i think makes people strive for that like for excellence and mm-hmm. and not not hopefully not perfection because i think that's unachievable but excellence in um in a way um i think uh having a like being able to actually execute on a vision mm-hmm. um a lot of people have ideas 
bringing those things to fruition is very, very hard. Yeah. Um, and so having the, the grit and the power to stay with it when things are really, you know, really, really hard, because they are almost all the time right. um, while you're building. And so I think having that power to kind of stick, stick with it um, will, make you, will make you successful in the end. Um, and but then also knowing what they don't know and finding experts around you to, to seek out that information. Um, I think all of these things kind of make up, um, uh, are sort of the makeup of a person that, that will be successful in their future. Yeah, mm-hmm. great points. Um, and how do you measure success? Like, for myself? For yourself. Do you consider yourself successful and how, yeah. do, you, how do you value that? Yeah, it's so interesting. <clears throat> um, so I was doing um, a talk with, um, this amazing group of women and I was in Minneapolis uh, during Twin Cities Startup Week and the person who prompted was prompting me um, to do this talk said um, you know tell us what it's like when you've made it and I'm like I will tell you what it's like when I stop walking into a room and someone asks me for a coffee because I think I'm my own (laughs) assistant or something and um, I think that so I think I don't, I would say, I don't like feel like I've made it, like that's not a thing for me. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I, I do feel like I'm really content in my life right now. And I've never, you know, I've never been happier. I've never been more excited about the work that I get to do every day. Um, and so I feel, um, you know, really lucky um, to be able to, um, you know, spend my time with these amazing entrepreneurs I get to work with every day, meet new ones every single day, and like basically hear about a new idea an hour. You know, it's kind right. of like you know being pitched all the time, and so I get to hear about new amazing ideas um, every you know all day, every day, every yeah. hour basically. Um, and so I really love that. I love to get to work with my team um, at ABC and at Monthly Gift. Um, we have really amazing people. I, I get to work with my sister and see her all the time, which is you know so nice. I, my sister's just a year younger, and we're obsessed with each other. Mainly, I'm obsessed with her. She calls me swim fan because I'm so obsessed with her. Um, is she older? Or you're she's a year younger, oh, okay. and she's like when we were um, building out the monthly gift office, I was like, we only need one desk. You and me will just sit at a desk together. And she's like, we need two desks and two chairs. She's like, I'm, you, I'm not going to sit in your lap all day. You're crazy. <laughs> you're like, we'll just share a chair. Yeah, we'll share a chair. It's going to be perfect. And she's like, you're out of your mind. Um, and then somebody had like piled stuff up between our two desks at some point. And we like, got to work and I was just like, this the whole time I was like looking over these things like trying like stretching it she's like do you want to just move this pile of things I'm like yes I'm like why do we need these monitors and stuff in between us I'm like it's so silly so I'm, but I love to get to work with my sister every day that's right really um, cool. I have a fiance who I love and I'm obsessed with and who loves me um, and I feel and is supportive of my career in a way that um, I've not necessarily experienced um, in the past and so I I'm just feel really just so happy and I think that's like I, that's the other way I would answer the question. What people, what makes people successful is like, are they happy in their everyday and what they're and what they're doing? It doesn't mean that you don't have to do things you don't like. Right. We all in our careers, we have to do things we don't like all the time and things that are stressful or hard all the time. But that I'm not like ripping my hair out all day every day or like, you know, panicked about my you know work in a, you know in a in a way. I'm. I think that's really what makes me feel like just really, um, you know, content with my like current. Uh, you know, work and outlook, but still seeking always for like the, what is that next problem to solve? It's not like, you know, I'm not resting um, in that contentness. I'm just like, okay, like what's next? And and that level of peace, I think gives me like the appetite to go seek more risk. Yeah. 
So it sounds like you are solving these great big problems, and yes, the day-to-day -day could be a struggle here or there, but yeah. it's really just these amazing relationships and yeah. these great people around you I that you're the best valuing, right? Smart, yeah, I get to yeah. work with the best, smartest people all day, and yeah. I, you know, I leave meetings and I'm just like, wow, like these people are so brilliant. Like I have no right to my teams, no, you know, no right to these entrepreneurs I get to work with all the time. And I am just like, so, um, so excited, you know, about what I get to do every day. Very cool. Um, so I read, um, on the Sakara blog actually that you meditate re uh, regularly. Yeah. Um, and I love that I'm a huge meditator. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on what your personal meditation yeah. ritual is? Yeah. So at that time, um, when I did the Sakara interview, I was meditating every morning. I was like getting out of bed, brushing my teeth, getting back in to sit down and, and meditate. And I had yeah. like a really specific practice. Mm -hmm. um, now I actually find I don't meditate as often um, in that same way where I'm okay. like tuning into um, uh, what is it called? Headcase? Headspace? No. Headspace. I'm okay. like, oh, headcase. <laughs> headspace. Totally different. I was, yeah. at that time, I was tuning into Headspace, and I was okay. doing the 10 minutes a day mm -hmm. meditation. Um, and today, I do actually more, I would call, like, active meditation. I um, arrange flowers, um, you know, in my own house, and oh. I kind of zone out while I do that, and I yeah. find that that kind of, like, presence of, you know, of mind, but, like, uh, physicality of doing something mm. that's, like not doesn't require uh focus in an intelligent on an intelligent level but it's like I'll free up my brain and i'm like in like touching something that's like natural and nature oriented and i'm really like it really plays with all your senses there's smell there's there's color and sight right. and all these things but also there's a a touch um element and i find that that concept of like making and like even you know beading jewelry things like that was always Ooh. the way i like, kind of zoned out interesting um like kind of like that vibe when you're like washing a big pile of dishes it's mindless right um but it can be mindful right and i find the i find arranging flowers to be one of those things and also i'm exercising a lot more mm. and i find that um you know that runner's high yeah. I, you know you can get it doing a lot of different things but i find that that is where i'm my my most mindful now yeah um it doesn't mean i shouldn't be meditating properly um but i have like no judgment with myself at this point and i'm like when i have time to do this i will i will do it um yeah. i also i've been converting to judaism oh um, wow. my fiance is jewish um what were you raised i was raised catholic oh wow yeah okay. And so, fun fact, we wore Catholic school uniforms to public school in my family. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, my dad was like, you're wearing uniforms. He was super strict. <laughs> and so, it's so funny. Um, and so, now I'm going to be Jewish. And um, my fiancé and I and our, um, his family, um, we celebrate Shabbat on mm -hmm. Fridays, depending, you know, it's week to week. Sometimes we do it together. Sometimes we do it with friends. Sometimes with family. Um, but I find that that um, process of, like, you know, like set, uh, sometimes I'm cooking, I yeah. love to cook, I'm setting the table, we do candles, there's there's like a, a part of um, Shabbat prayers where you light candles and um, then you sort of bring the light to your eyes and, and then you have a, a, some time to yourself to um, pray right. and I really love that part of my Friday night now, I'm like yeah. really um, find that it like really takes me out of my week. Interesting. I'm like, at that point, at least on Friday night, I'm done with email now. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm done with email. I try to be at inbox zero. Yeah. And I'm like, done with email. It's time to like step into like this other mode. Right. And I really enjoy that. And so it's part, I find that very meditative, even though it's not meditating. Right. No, yeah. You can apply it to so many different things. Yeah. I think it's just like the intention and like the focus, right? Totally. Yeah. 
Um, you also talked about how you strengthened your gut instinct, yeah. or what you call your gut instinct yeah. with meditation a lot. Um, and I think that that's so profound and important for yeah. people to like learn yeah. about what this practice is. Um, can you give some examples of how you notice this instinct, this instinct becoming stronger for you? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you first that I, um, I noticed it weakened. You know, I was like, mm. or that I was actively ignoring it. It was not that it was weak. It was that I was, um, like getting it and then second guessing myself um, and then uh, putting myself um, in a, in too many situations where I was like allowing a, another group, you know, another person or group that I thought was smart um, to be able to influence my decision making. Um, and so I would second guess. Um, and I think I've just, um, I, I started meditating to tune back into that feeling so that it, I would understand when it was, um, when it was that um, feeling versus just like a nervousness or something like that. Or like, you know, you, you always, I think as a, especially as like a professional woman, you have this like imposter syndrome all the time. I think you probably hear about it where you're like, you, you never quite think you're smart enough or good enough to be in the room that you're in. Um, and I started mistaking my gut instinct for that. I'm like, oh, what are they like? They're gonna find out I'm not very smart or like not very good. And yeah, um, you're and you're like, wait, you have to be in your own corner. And like, you are smart and you actually are very good. Um, right. And you do know this. Um, and so I started just tuning back into that feeling and then honoring it when it came up, so that it wouldn't, so that I'd stop ignoring it. Because I do think if you continually ignore it it goes away. I think yeah. you'll start to lose it. And so um, meditating and just focusing um, on that gut instinct when it's like, when it does come up, I think is really important for um, continuing to like strengthen and develop that totally. feeling. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I felt like there was another meditation thing I wanted to ask you. Oh, about the flower petals. Oh yeah. So when you're doing the flowers um, meditation, are you, is it like a set amount of time that you're arranging the flowers? How does that work? No, but exactly? it like takes about an hour, you know, okay. to like go to the market and pick them up and yeah. like choose all the things and then yeah. come back. And like, I usually, I don't usually just do one. I usually do a few. Like oh, I'm like, Oh, I do okay. like one for my bedside, one for the, our dining table. And so it's, it does take some time. Yeah. Um, and so I just try to, you know, spend that time focused in doing that. And are you making a conscious effort to just like you're not thinking about like oh I have to do this later no or no I have to no do that making letter. conscious only effort to, about the flowers yeah, and to how stay quiet looking. yeah exactly very cool um, so I imagine that the venture capitalist world is very cutthroat um, do you apply this mind mindfulness approach to what you're doing at ABC yeah um, you're absolutely right it's highly competitive um, it's super fast paced um, and there's you know, a, you are working with a lot of companies at once and you're looking at a lot of companies at once. So there's, um, there's a lot of movement, a lot going on, um, and there's a lot of conflicting, um, there's a lot of conflicting needs. Like you're like, okay, this person needs my time here and here, like you're, and I've got to be in San Francisco and New York at the, on the same day. You're like, how, you know, how am I going to get all right. this done? And so I just try to like be at, there was a point where, you know, I'd be like sitting in traffic on the way to a meeting that I was going to be like four minutes late to, and I'd be like freaking out I'm like go 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 you need to like, make this turn do that blah blah and now I'm just like <laughs> you know what I'm gonna get there and I like can't fi like or I'd be at an airport I'm constantly in the airport and it's like oh there's like wind in San Francisco so we can't land on time and I'm gonna miss this call by 10 minutes or like whatever and there was all this time where I was like fighting with the flight like I was right. like fighting with like the um like gate attendant about the 
like when the plane was gonna leave and I'm like I at this point I'm like I can't change the weather right and I don't know like why I'm yelling at this person about it and so it doesn't even make any sense you right. know and so I just like now I'm just like you know what if the weather is the weather I'm like we just roll with the punches now you know right. we're just like okay I'm like wind you know is happening and mother nature is <laughs> dealing with it and she's got other plans for me right now so I'm just gonna chill here and read this book or like I'll take it as a call or I'll take the call as soon as I land or when I get there I get there so I'm much more relaxed about it now I'm not like oh my god I'm gonna you know I'm like not sprinting through the street anymore um, I'm in you know in my heels I'm like zipping around and so at this point I'm just like okay like shit happens sorry <laughs> I'm like my life's running your blood. <laughs> yeah you're like, all shit happens and we're just gonna deal with it as it comes. And like, at some point I was, I had this feeling like, we're just gonna, like everything's gonna go, like you know, we're gonna plan so well and everything's gonna go like this. And we're, because we like work hard on it, it's gonna happen like this. And at this point in my career, I've learned that like, shit just happens and all the worst things that you think will happen will <laughs> it's not like you're like oh this is the worst case scenario and I'm like no this is the scenario like it's not the worst case scenario anymore right. just accept it as the base like the base case this is what's gonna happen worst stuff you can't imagine will also happen and you're just gonna have to be flexible and able to deal with that all the time and I actually find physical strength helps you do that um, you're kind of like okay you're just like dealing with it as it comes staying and being really healthy helps me do that but also having like having been a founder having empathy for your founders you know so that they are comfortable calling you at 3 a.m when everything's gone wrong and shit really right. hits the fan and when their scenario they're not worst case scenario right. but actual scenario comes up and um i think that i try to apply that mindfulness and empathy to my investing um, and I do think that's unique, in, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and great. I hope that it proves out to be the right strategy and like a good investing strategy. But you know, I'm still young in my investing career, and fingers crossed. I think it will because you've got the right intentions. I hope I don't so. See why not? Yeah, I hope um, so. On that vein, though, do you think that there's ever a time where a mindfulness approach is like a detriment in what you do, being compassionate or you know, yeah, for sure, things like that? Yeah, um, if, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, you can be like super self-aware and really unaware of what another player, you can't ever really know what somebody else is like planning or thinking or right. doing. And, you know, sometimes people's intentions aren't good um, right. and you don't, you don't quite realize that um, because you're like, you're trying to be, you know, so good mm -hmm. that you like hope for the best in others. Oh, and so I'm, I'm a super optimist. Um, yeah. I'm very trusting. And I think I've learned a lot in my career that you can't always have your guard completely down right. um, because you because you will take a hit. Um, and so I do think that there's times that that it's it has not played out the way you hope it would, you know, right. it being a good and optimistic person. Um, but I think that for the amount of times that it's gone wrong, it's gone so it's gone so right so much of the time. And it's you can't do something that's not like you. Right. You know, every time I've tried to be like that kind of like <laughs> that, I tried to like go into a mode that was like more forceful in a way that was like unnatural to me mm -hmm. um, and or less honest. Um, it's always not gone well, you know. And so, you know, that's I just try to be you have to be yourself in your career as well. And so I just try to make that um, right. happen. And it's sometimes something goes wrong and people don't behave the way you hope they will. Um, or the way you trust that they will or they say they might. Um, and 
you and you just have to deal with that as it comes to um, but I just try not to let it get me down and try to like stay really positive and um, focus on all the times it did go right great that's probably also where uh, training your gut instinct to be stronger comes in yeah. too so yeah you, you know go, where to trust and where not to yeah you yeah. do under you do begin to understand like oh that your gut really does like flare up right. when you you're feeling somebody's intentions aren't totally good right and you're like oh this is not your body's trained for that. It's right. like an animal instinct right. um, to understand intention, actually, and you have to really focus on it and like like hone it right. um, to know when it's you know when what feel when you th- what you think is butterflies isn't. Right. You're like, oh my god, I love this and this is great, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> like it's like run, 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 fight or flight, and you're like, you're like, oh, I love this. <laughs> so That's funny, so yeah. fascinating. I love it. Um, so two last questions for mm-hmm. you that I always like to ask people. Um, one, where do you see yourself, see the world? Where do you see the world in five years from now? Mm-hmm. And how do you see yourself and your business contributing to it? Yeah, um, better and improved in so many ways, I would say, is where I see the world. Yeah. You know, I think that um, we are really on the cusp of a lot of really exciting change um, in healthcare. Um, what we are always asking ourselves in venture capital is like what's possible today that wasn't impossible five years ago and to try to imagine what that is five years from now right we are we're changing like science is developing at like such an incredible clip at this point um and dropping the costs of um of care and and um in a in such an interesting way that we really haven't we've never seen this kind of, this level of innovation before right um and so i do think that we're i think we'll look back in five years and, and a lot of things will be unrecognizable the way we did them do them today um will really be changed um you know i was um i was just at the museum of natural history and like seeing even like the development but of like the last hundred years there was an amazing thing in the planetarium there an amazing mm-hmm. film um, with Neil deGrasse Tyson and um, he was talking about like a telescope that we had that we were like using before and then oh. we were with we had such like an improved um, version um, of that hi who are you Sam oh hi I'm Kimmy we're just in the middle of an interview no worries <laughs> uh, really like- because I spoke to the person handling the elevators I'm supposed to be meeting with Sarah okay great if you you can just sit quietly it'll be like five or ten minutes yeah perfect (laughs) i'm like i think you guys are you just like a little early i think right uh 245 oh is it oh we're i'm like oh we're i'm like we've been doing this a long time (laughs) perfect thank you um sorry so i was just um you want me to start over so you can cut Um, that whole question out no let's let's pick it up from where were you do you remember where you just stopped i think i was just saying Oh, okay. So I was in the Met last week, oh, and I was watching um, this film uh, by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he was talking about um, the development of um, basically a telescope that allowed us to see the um, the universe in a, in a new way, and the size and scale of it, and basically what we thought it was like a hundred years ago, and what we and what we know it to be today, or what we think it is today, because yeah. with improved technology, we'll be able to even see further. Um, I think. 
is like a good analogy for how technology is developing in general Mm -hmm. and so you know i think we'll look back and our whole universe will be bigger and unrecognizable um to you know our telescope in five years awesome i love the way that you think that's really cool um and lastly what's a valuable piece of advice you'd like to give to other entrepreneurs who are creating businesses with conscious intentions such a good question um i think my advice would be to listen to your listen to your gut and also listen to the data so as you start to as you're building your business and you start to get information back from customers and the market um really hear it i think a lot of people they're like they have a vision and then they're really myopic about that vision and they're like hell bent on it going one way it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go right so you need to really listen to information as it comes in and it doesn't mean take everybody's idea and like apply it but be honest with yourself in the way you're hearing and reading information about your business to decide whether or not you're on the right path or you need to adjust it slightly right um and so i think listen to your you know listen to your gut but also listen to the information that you're getting yeah um because that's the benefit of putting your idea out into the world is it becomes changed because other people um, influence it and you learn new things from other people and so you have to really you know you really have to be in tune to do that and not like well this is the way that I want to do it and it's going to look specifically like this because you'll never create anything huge if that's the way you're thinking about it great advice I love it thank Thank you you so much much. thank you so much I really appreciate it this was so great and thank you for having me over this was awesome pearls of wisdom thank you